Welcome to Beta Project. Broadcasting from the nation's capital. Hello and welcome to the Beta Project, a podcast bringing you unsolicited life advice, occasional self-deprecating humor, and a healthy dose of book babble. I'm Brielle. And I'm Christine. Alright, um... I just realized I still have my retainers in. I forgot. Give me two seconds. Oh my goodness. We, we don't have to stop recording, but give me a sec. Oh, well, we're, we're recording. While Brielle is taking out her retainer, um, I'm just gonna do a little, little debrief on how this is going. <laughs> Our last episode was filmed, I believe, in April, but came out <laughs> last week. Uh, so three months later. And that's fine. It turns out that when we do a short story, that's still too much work for us, and it takes us three months to get that done. So now, instead of doing a short story with pre-prepared points to discuss, we're just going to read a short story and then wing the rest. So yep. that, that is our that's plan. That's what's happening. Yeah, we kind of, I, I think over the two years, went from almost entirely scripted book reviews to reading a one-page-long story and then winging the rest. <laughs> we'll see if we can keep this up. Let's add a segment called What's Been Up in Our Lives? Because I want to talk about what I've been up to for the last three hours. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> Let's add this segment so you can talk about your life. <laughs> well, you can talk about yours, too. I'm not you know, gatekeeping the discussion of our, our lives. So, okay. I just wanted, I I just wanted everyone to know where my headspace is at because you know, but our listeners don't know. So this evening I was in charge of making dinner for myself and the other person that I live with right now. So two people. And I was going to make chili for dinner because Brielle told me that she made chili last week. And I was like, hey, that's a really good idea. So part of this is your fault, really. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I would just like to remind you of that. So I thought, look, chili and then I'll make rice. And that should be a pretty simple dinner. Get it done in 30 minutes. It took me almost two hours to make the chili. And then when I was done, I realized that I forgot to plug in the rice cooker. So it took me about two and a half hours to make dinner. By the time I finished, I was literally, because of a whole host of health reasons, I haven't exercised or like stood up really for more than like 20 minutes at a time. And I was on my feet for two and a half hours. So literally by the end of me making dinner, I was unable to stand anymore and my back was hurting so much that I had to lie down for like 15 minutes before I could get up and eat dinner. And I just finished dinner and now it is almost two hours later than when we planned to record this. And and that's that that's been my last four hours or so of my life. The end. I didn't know you hadn't exercised in a while. I thought you just went for a run. Didn't we just talk about you going for a run like a few days ago? Yeah, that was my first run in the last eight weeks or so actually that was my first time exercising in the last eight weeks or so and let me tell you i ran for 14 minutes and 46 seconds and then i could no longer move so that versus (laughs) two and a half hours of standing and lifting heavy things uh yeah really really did not uh my body was not happy with that and yep so now i have back pain and leg pain, and a little bit of arm pain. 
But it's fine because the dinner got cooked <laughs> in the end. It got cooked two and a half hours in. <laughs> and I wanna cry. This is why was I'm, it yummy though? Yeah, it was actually it was actually pretty good. But this is why I'm in charge of dinner two days a week of the seven, because <laughs> this is what happens when I'm in charge of dinner. We eat at like nine o'clock and I start preparing dinner at like five o'clock. True. It's okay. Once you move and you have to fend for yourself, it'll be a different story. Yeah. How has how how have you been? I have no quick quippy stories. I just have like sad and depressing ones. I'm really racking my brain trying to think of nope, no, literally nothing quippy has happened. Yeah, L- lots of major life events, but nothing quippy. Oh, I have a quippy story of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? <laughs> okay. Can I tell it? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Um. So, Brielle went on a date uh, about a week ago and started off the date by (laughs) reaching into her purse and dropping a tampon onto the ground. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that was... Okay, that's true. That is a quippy story. I did go on a date and... Well, it wasn't a tampon. It was a pad. So, (laughs) I was reaching into my bag and then I pulled out my phone and out came the pad and then the guy was like, oh, okay, let me get that for you. And then he went down and I saw him go like, huh? And then he picked up the pad and gave it to me. <laughs> I was telling this story to my therapist and he was like, she was like, I really hope he knew what that was because if he didn't, that would be a big red flag. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this event was traumatizing enough that you had to go to therapy for it. <laughs> Yeah, this is this event was the reason I had to go to therapy. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna jump into the story now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll dive into our messes of our lives some some other time. Well, I mean, we'll continue diving into the mess which is our lives at some point. We'll, we'll give you we'll give you glimpses. Okay, so uh, this week's story is. On Seeing the 100% Perfect Girl One Beautiful April Morning by Haruki Murakami. Have you read anything by Haruki Murakami before? I have, actually. I have read, I believe, two of his books. I can't remember which ones anymore. He writes, like, he writes, like, magical surrealism, right? Yes, he does. Yes, so I remember reading one of his books, I believe, in high school, and being very confused by it because I knew that he was a world-renowned author and has won a lot of awards. But I think it was probably the second or third magical realism book. Uh, magical surrealism. Or magical realism? I don't know what the genre is called. And mm-hmm. I was very confused. And the only thing I remember from that book is a guy met this girl on the street and then he went to her place and she jacked him off and that that's that's all I remember. Oh hey I think that's one of the books I'm reading right now. <laughs> it was it was it killing Kamantadori? Was it killing Kamantadori? Hold on let me see. Okay while you're looking I think this is the book though because I did read that scene where they met well it wasn't necessarily on the street it was like at a diner they met and then basically they went back to this love hotel, and then they had sex, and then he asked her to choke. She asked him to choke her with her bathroom belt. I mean, sorry, her robe belt. And he didn't, but then he imagined 
killing her with it later on. Ah, uh, yes, I think it is this one. Um, the cover looks very familiar to me, so it's very mm-hmm. possible that it was this one. Yeah, think- that's actually one of the books I'm reading right now. Wow, you're reading a book right now? Why are we not doing a review of that? <laughs> Because it's been more than three months and I haven't finished it. <laughs> I believe his most famous book is I One Q eighty four. I'm not even sure how you how you pronounce the title. Oh. It's a one and then a Q and then an eight and then a four. I haven't read it yet, oh. but I see it everywhere. That sounds like 1984 almost. Like it looks like it would be written similarly. According to Wikipedia. It covers a fictionalized year of 1984 parallel with a real one. Interesting. Wait, what's the significance of the year 1984? Why are there two books about it? I don't know. Interesting. Maybe maybe um, Murakami wrote it after reading 1984. Or, like, he, he kind of references it. Um, Just speculation. Because, like, I'm sure 1984 came out before uh, his book. Yes, his book came so. out in... 2009. Yeah, so that would make sense. Yeah. All right, anyway. Well, yeah, so I'm reading... Actually, I'm reading two books right now, and they're both Murakami books. Wow. Yeah. Um, is he still alive? He probably is, right? Yeah, I think Murakami's still alive. Yeah. I think Murakami's still alive. Yeah, I mean, if he published a book in 2009... He looks very young in the back of this book. Ooh, he is 71 years old. But also he's Japanese, which means that he's probably going to live until he's like 200 years old, so. Mm, that's true. They do have... Very long lifespans. Very good lifespans. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. You want to go first? Okay, sure. My quote is, I don't know. I can't seem to remember anything about her, the shape of her eyes, or the size of her breasts. Uh, the main character dude? Hey, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine is... It's like a dream. That's that's the is that the whole quote? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the whole quote. Wow. Um is it the main character, dude? No, it's not. It's the girl. Oh my god. I wrote down two points to discuss. They're not like really literary related. Like we're not English people. We do not have deep literary thoughts most of the time. Yes, which is why we need you to send us your deep literary thoughts at betaprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, or Twitter at betaprojectpod. Yay, we did our one required plug. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, the two, the two points, well, one of the points I wanted to discuss was how would you react if you were the girl in the story and someone said what he wanted to say to you? What did he want to say? He wanted to say, once upon a time, there lived a boy and a girl and tell you a story about how these two people ended up meeting on the street, but they have forgotten each other. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't usually talk to strangers. (laughs) That's just a thing that I grew up with. Well, this is just a stranger coming up to you and talking to you, right? No, I know, but that's that's what I'm saying is that I would probably just ignore this person and keep walking. Okay, no, that's what I would have done in the past, but I am trying to break that habit of ignoring strangers and actually talk to them. I I do try to respond to strangers now uh, when they come up to me on the street, but occasionally, by which I mean most of the time, (laughs) when I'm walking down the street, I'm so focused on what I need to do and where I need to be that I literally, like, even when people say hello to me, I don't notice it. So let's say he just walked with you. Like, he starts talking and then you keep walking and he, like, 
walks with you and he tells you this story, what would you do? Like you heard, you hear the whole story, starting from once upon a time, there's this boy and a girl and ending with a sad story, don't you think? That would be a very long walk and it would be very strange for somebody to walk beside me for that length of time with me not responding. But if I heard it, I would probably be like, that's cool, I gotta board this bus, so have a good day. (laughs) He's like, a sad story, don't you think? And you're like, yep, super sad. Ciao. Yeah, probably. I mean, what would you say? Yeah, no, I would probably have the same reaction. I definitely do not talk to, like, I do not like to talk to strangers. When strangers approach me on the street, like, I definitely have my guard up and I'll, like, try to be nice because I don't want to be killed. And that's, as a woman, that's, like, always what I think is going to happen when I'm talking to a stranger. But, like, I will always, like, be trying to escape in the most polite way possible. So, yeah, like, probably, probably the same thing. I also feel like, though, you are much, (laughs) you are a lot more romantic of a person in general than I am. Oh, yes. And you talk to, you talk to random strangers all the time on dating apps. And I feel like, how is this so different? If anything, dating apps are worse because you can't even see what the other person looks like. I mean, you have pictures. You don't have confirmation. You have pictures. Yeah, but they could be catfishing, though. I guess so. I guess I just trust them not to be catfishing or like. You trust a person you've never met on the internet more than you trust somebody that you see and have talked to in real life? I guess that is strange, but like it's a stranger on the street, right? So I haven't talked to them before. But you've never talked to anyone on a dating app before either until you do talk to them. Well, yeah, I guess it's more that I have control of the situation on a dating app. Like if they're, if I feel uncomfortable or unsafe, I can just never meet up with the person or I can just unmatch them, like stop talking to them. It's like the powers in my court, whereas like on the street, like I am a small person. (laughs) I do not feel like safe talking to other people who are like statistically going to be larger and stronger than me. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, Was that like a self burn on your on your height? (laughs) I I can't really tell. (laughs) I guess I guess so. Like I'm just trying to think of like even in instances very, very few instances where, like, I've been approached by a stranger and I'm like, wow, they're actually, like, super attractive. Like, if I met this stranger on a dating app, I would, like, be totally down to talk to them. I'm not down to talk them, to them in real life. I don't know if that's weird. No, I can I can see. I can see your justification. For our listeners' context, how, how tall are you? I am four foot ten and three quarters. And the three quarters is very important, guys. Very important. Very important. So, yeah. I, I, I think we would have the same reaction, which is kind of sad because I have to talk. I have talked to a lot, a lot of guys about this and like they like put themselves out there every time they like approach a random girl on the street. Right. So for us to have that reaction is a little disheartening for them. I have been trying to not plan an escape as soon as possible when people do approach me unless I feel unsafe. Because a lot of the times, it is, it is of course, as a woman, it's always in the back of your mind that you need to make sure that you won't be hurt by a random stranger. Mm-hmm. But I think there are times where it is safe, but you it's just kind of like a reflexive thing that you're like, I need to get away from this situation. So I've been trying yeah. to evaluate, like, if I'm out in broad daylight in a public area... And somebody comes up to me and, like, asks me a question. I feel pretty safe, especially if it's in a neighborhood that I know well, that I don't feel like I'm in immediate danger. So I think in those situations, I try to get rid of my habit of just running away ASAP. No, that makes sense. I try to do the same. 
Okay, and then my second question. Well, this is kind of, the second question is kind of related to what we talked about, and I already know your answer. You kind of answered it. Do you believe in love at first sight? Did I answer it? Well, like, I'm pretty sure I know your answer, and your answer is no. Yeah, you. I, I mean, I think I think you know me well enough that you know my answer is no, but... I'm sure, like, if someone just listened to all the podcasts, they would also know that your answer is <laughs> That's no. true. Like, you're pretty vocal about, like, yeah, I'm not the romantic one, like, <laughs> practical. Cool, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a heart, but literally my my actual physical heart is dysfunctional. So um, I do have to go to the emergency sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just got really dark really quickly. <laughs> Let me scale it back for a second. Okay, oh God. I think that this is a really common thing, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. I believe in lust at first sight, but I don't believe in love at first sight. Okay. I, I want to scale it back to, like, okay, first sight, I agree. Like, how the hell are you supposed to be in love at first sight? You know nothing about this person other than their physical appearance. But I do think one date can tell, like, I don't know. I f- kind of feel like it's possible to fall in love with a person after the first date. Or to know that this person is right for you after the first date. Wow, yeah, no, we do not share the same opinion on that. <laughs> Maybe, and I don't know, like... For me, okay, look, for me, I'm like, (laughs) after dating somebody for two years, then I start to be like, maybe this is the right person. That's kind of my timeline that we're looking at. So, so what were you doing for, like, the two, entire two years? Like, what were you thinking the entire two years? You're just like, let's just see how it goes. Let me, like... Dude, um, experiment a little. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but none of my relationships have reached that time point. So I don't know, man. So then in your relationship, you're just like, let's test it out. Is that kind of the mindset? Yeah. I, I always have one foot out the door, which is why I, I'm never in a healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you're the one who has two boyfriends back to back. And I'm the one who hasn't dated in like eight years. So... That's fair. Our our philosophies match our our actions. Yeah, I think I think actions. that's generally um, true for most people. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say like I believe in love at first sight, but definitely, definitely, I think an in depth conversation on a first date can tell you a lot about someone. Like, I feel like if you're not into them by the end of the first date, you're, you're not. You're just not gonna be into them. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I've always, I've always dreamed. This, this is gonna, I'm gonna sound like a five-year-old, but I've always dreamed of, like, you know when you're walking, like, down the street, and then there's, like, this really good-looking guy that, like, walked past you? Sure. And then you, do you never have that, like, moment where you're, like, I just wish, like, I don't know, like, we could, like, have a conversation and talk, or, like, we would meet, like, and you just, like, think about all, like, I wonder, like, what he's like as a person, like, what is, like, What's he doing? Like, why is he walking down the street today? What's his life about kind of thing? And then you kind of like spin a little yarn in your head. You know? And then you guys walk past each other and you're like, it's over. What? Did you did you just summarize the short story that we read? <laughs> I mean, hey, okay. I have not just thought about that. I have actually had that conversation with random strangers before. It has happened. Wait, walking down the street? No. Wait, 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 what? Not walking down the street, but I've, I've had very deep conversations with random strangers in weird places. Like, um, on the airplane, for example. Oh, yeah. Time to bring out your notes. Oh, no. We're not... Are we gonna go into the airplane story? Actually, there's more than one airplane story, so I think... Uh, oh, that's true. We can probably save that for some time. Or else, you know... 
We have limited content. This, this week's episode is going off the rails. It's just going off the rails today. I thought, is, is that not our new style of podcasting? I, I thought that was the it's whole... Our, <laughs> it's our new style of podcast. We just reveal very increasingly uncomfortable <laughs> information about ourselves. Yeah, you can also let us know what you think about us just talking about our lives for most of this episode. That's true. Um, let us know if you hate yeah. this or if you love it. I imagine as a listener, you would hate it. Because I, I, I see us giving like little tidbits of information about our lives, but not really delving in. I feel like we did. So it's probably such a tease. Okay. Look, I, I, that, but that's how, you, that's how you retain the listeners, though, is that they come back for more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next next week, tune in and Christine will explain her heart condition in full <laughs> in full detail. <laughs> to bring it back to where we we were at uh, eighteen minutes ago, um, I think that you can tell that somebody is not for you on a first date, but I can't. I don't think that you can tell that somebody is for you on a first date. Hmm. I guess so, because they could raise something on the second date where you're like, whoa. Exactly. That's Never forget weird. the cannibal. That's right. Never forget. Right. Are we? Is that a story that we're going to share or no? Should we just share that right now? I feel like that's not something that... Is it a breach of privacy, to... though, if we share it? Because it's not a story that happened to either of us, so... Well, we don't know. Like, we don't even know if this story is real. <laughs> like, this story happened to a friend of a friend. <laughs> okay. Allegedly, somebody went on a date with another person who turned out to be a cannibal. And this was through online dating. Alleged cannibal. Alleged cannibal. Alleged cannibal, yes. A a person allegedly went on a date with an alleged cannibal. So there's a lot of of unknowns in this equation. Moral of the story is don't ask for massages from strangers. So that, that, that story is a warning to all young, vulnerable females out there to please be careful who you meet on the internet. Yes. Never forget the cannibal. Yeah. So that that's a... That, whenever we go on dates, that's what we remind ourselves of. One thing that I found was really interesting when I was reading through the story is... And I don't know if this is a Haruki Murakami thing or if this is like an Eastern versus Western ideology thing or a mix of both. But after reading this, it feels to me like Western storytelling is a lot about the individual. So it's like, oh, like the, you know, tragic hero or like the guy who goes on this journey of like self-discovery. It's always very person focused. Mm -hmm. Whereas I find that a lot of Eastern stories, um, by which I mean like Asian and surrounding regions, focus a lot more on relationships than they do on people. So the story is always like a person in relation to their community or a person in relation to another person. It's never a story that is of one person's journey. Interesting. And I think that speaks a lot to the culture. And this is also something that I've been thinking about recently, is that you can tell a lot about a culture by its language, right? Like by which words they have for which things. And in English, you always have to specify how you relate to a family member of yours with multiple words or sentences. Whereas in Mandarin, they're every single person in relation to you 
has a specific title. I don't know if that makes sense to somebody who doesn't speak Mandarin, but like there is one word for oldest aunt on my mom's side or youngest uncle on my dad's side. Every single person in your family has one specific word that they you use to call them. Right. And it's very rare in Mandarin to call your relatives by their names. You always call them by what they are in relation to you. I, I feel like, and I don't think one is better than the other or one is right, but I think that in Eastern ideology, everything is about your place in your family or your place in your community. Whereas in Western European slash American ideology, everything is about the individual. It's like, what are your hopes? What are your wants and dreams? And you got to always take what you want in life and that's how you be happy. I think, yeah, it is definitely a difference in ideology. In Western culture, it's almost like we're taught to look down upon just seeking like a relational place. Like you should be your own person. You should like have your own, like you should kind of exist outside of your relation to everyone else. You're, yeah, you can exist in your own silo. Whereas in Asian culture, that requirement to be so individualist doesn't exist. Okay, what letter grade would you give this? Uh, you go first. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> All right. I would give it a B minus. Whoa, what? Why? I don't know. It just, it seemed like a average piece of work. Feels like something I could write. Well, okay, not necessarily me, but like. Someone in school could write about an experience Ooh. that they... Yeah, Brielle thinks that she can write as well as Haruki Murakami. Oh the my gosh, <laughs> cut this out. Winner of <laughs> multiple <laughs> literary prizes. Well, World-renowned oh author gosh, Haruki as Murakami. Those, as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I was like, oh shoot, I'm going to get I'm gonna get uh, shot at. But I'm just saying, like, I, I like his stuff. I just don't feel like this was... His best work. Okay, fine. You are entitled to um, your opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still a passing, it's still a passing grade. What would you give it? I would actually give it, I'm going to say an A minus. Oh, wow. Poking at your letter grade. If you didn't know that this piece was written by Haruki Murakami, you just read it cold, it was written by Anonymous. Yeah. Would you, like, would you still feel the same way, you think? Yeah, because I, I think it's it's about the writing style. Like, like the writing style is, like, very poetic, in my opinion. So, would I read a whole book of this? No, but since it was a short story, I enjoyed it. I think it was like the right quantity of this. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm being too harsh and like I just feel like his novels showcase his talent a lot better. Okay, so yeah, that's the end. Our next short story is going to be Girls at Play by Celeste Ng. Thank you to Felicia Ao for our theme song. Go check out her band November on Facebook at The Band November. You can find us on Twitter at Beta Project Pod. These episodes can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at betaprojectpodcast at gmail.com to send us recommendations for the next book or to send some good literary thoughts. And remember, when, when in, in doubt, doubt read, read on. on.